Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Inspirational Living Podcast. Inspirational Living Podcast is a weekly show that inspires and motivates you to live an emotionally and spiritually balanced life. I'm Marianne Johansson. And I'm Ryan Cassidy. And tonight we are continuing our travels around the globe to inspirational, sacred, and mysterious sites. Marianne and I decided last week that it would be kind of fun for us to travel to England this time. So we researched a couple of really amazing sites, and we hope that we will enchant you, and we hope that it will enchant you. So perhaps you may want to grab yourself a cup of tea, get a warm blanket, and get cozy as we start off tonight by exploring St. Michael's Mount, located in Cornwall. Yes, we fell for the great number of myths and miracles and the history and the legends surrounding this small island for more than a thousand years. And we'll get into many of these stories in tonight's episode. And the first one, of which is the story I read about Cormoran the giant, who made the mount his home and ate the cattle from the small mainland town nearby. And one night he was lured onto the granite causeway and fell into a trap made by a young boy called Jack, and he was eventually killed by Jack. And you can still walk this granite causeway, which leads to the mount, to St. Michael's Mount, and when you visit the castle, you can see the giant stone heart. I've read about many legends involving giants roaming the earth from so many countries, Ryan, and, and another legend from St. Michael's Mount is that of the mythical King Arthur, who is said to have once fought a ferocious giant here. Mm, Marianne, I love legends like this. And, you know, I just, I feel that they they teach us a lot about stepping into the unknown and having faith that things will turn out, you know, as they should for our highest good. And I kind of like to imagine how brave Jack had to have been. And, you know, he was he was just a young boy at the time. And, and imagine how brave he was to cross those waters and to, to face that danger and to face something that's bigger than him. You know, his courage, you know, it was awakened from the danger of the giant harming his family and and eating up all their livelihood. So without a second thought, he just like crossed over those waters and crossed over to St. Michael's Mount and set the trap and captured the giant like that. And, you know, for me, and, and probably for many parents, I think we can all relate to that feeling of courage that kind of stirs up inside of us when we sense our family is in harm's way. And, I mean, surely we wouldn't think twice if we had to face a few metaphorical giants or, or beasts um, to help our family out. So this legend, you know, is cute and fun as, as it is for kids, and it could actually really be more about making change happen in your life when you need it most and when you feel that, you know, all is lost or at stake. Yeah, That's how I see it. You mentioned, yeah, yeah, I agree. And you mentioned metaphorical giants too, and I love the symbolism in, in that. Um, I think so many myths and legends are really just stories filled with lots of symbolism, and that we can find out a lot from looking at these, the the symbols and the feelings they bring to us. Just like when you do um, dream interpretation, I do this too, and I draw on symbolism when I want to find out what is going on in my life or in the life of those around me. And I look up meanings in some of the dream dictionaries I have come uh, across and which I really like uh, and, and feel are meaningful. And the symbols you come across in your waking life 
also helps you um, decode your life. And this makes it interesting to look at, at things in this way, your dream state as well as, as your waking life and the, the symbolism there. Yeah, that's that's very true. I also like to look up my dreams. We talk about that a lot, don't we? <laughs> and mm-hmm, yeah. um, And I think in life, you know, when we're faced with situations that force us to kind of step into the unknown, you know, for example, maybe we must make decisions about, you know, taking a new job or moving house or certain family matters. Perhaps it is a test of our faith and our trust in a higher power and trusting that we will be provided for and that everything will be all right, and that we're on the right path. So, you know, what's that saying, Marianne, that everything you always wanted is one step outside of your comfort zone? I mean, I'm not really sure yeah. who said it. Yeah, I'm not sure who said that, but we've, we've heard variations of that so many times. And that saying that it's not until you get really uncomfortable that change is possible and often that change is what you, what you needed. And we actually were talking about that before the show, weren't we? From my, yeah. my, yogi, tea, <laughs> my yogi tea bag said, mm-hmm. experience will give you the power and the confidence that, to be you. Um, so, I mean, exactly. haven't you felt that? Yeah. And, of course, while you're in it, it feels so overwhelming. But once you manage to move through it, you can see the power. And that's kind of how I see this legend of Jack and the Giant. And by creating this mystery of searching for the giant stone heart on this magical mount, it kind of instills the spirit of magic and joy and, you know, adventure into the hearts and spirits of children and adults. And I just love that because, you know, life gets hard and we, we really want to believe in a bit of magic and to believe that something or someone will make all of our hardships just disappear. Don't you think, Marianne? Mm, definitely. I mean, a bit of magic <laughs> would be nice. I mean, it, it is nice, just like in the legends of uh, and uh, and fairy tales. And if you look at tales and myths, hardship and challenge come in in many forms, like dragons or giants and frogs that have to be kissed and wilderness that must be crossed. You know, and caves or enchanted fro- forests that you have to enter or you have to cross dangerous water. All these symbols, like. Um, or scary things symbolize the dangers or the unknown that that we all face in in real life. But, you know, magic does happen, not only in in fairy tales and myths, it it does happen in real life too, right? Like if you have, if if you hold on to your faith and and if you trust it, then you you see miracles and and magic happening. Mm. That's why I I think places like this uh, St. Michael's Mount in Cornwall are so special. I, I mean, Sure, it's a beautiful place, and it's really easy on the eyes, but I also think these kinds of places with legends and story, they help remind us to keep that bit of magic and mystery in our own lives and to think like a child again and to wish and to dream. And, and you know, it's exactly this awe and wonder we have as children. It's so valuable to hold on to that, that even, even as we become adults, it can really help us through life. And you know the concept of our inner child, and we all have our childhood self inside us, no matter how old we become. And we're still that child. We're still that wandering, pondering, innocent child inside. And But sometimes just below a lot of layers that we pile on top, we go through life. But, uh, but go look for your child you inside, and, and she or he is in there waiting for you to, to rediscover her or him. 
So maybe it's a good idea to go to go read a fairy tale tonight. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love reading those fairy tales to my kids. And I even enjoy reading them just for myself. All right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just wanted to discuss something else I read that is related to St. Michael's Mount. And I read that there are a few stories of sailors who were protected from danger, and they would see apparitions of St. Michael, who is also the patron uh, patron saint of fishermen. And they'd see him there by the cliffs, and he would tell them to like steer clear and to steer their boats in a different direction so they wouldn't crash onto the rocks. And there are also a few stories dating back to what I read was uh, 495 A.D., of sailors being lured onto the rocks by sirens and being saved by the apparitions of St. Michael. I thought those were pretty fascinating. But for me, knowing that something greater and more powerful than us that can come and save us uh, when we're lost is so comforting. Um, I mean, don't you feel like that sometimes, that you would just like to be guided or steered in the right direction when you lose your way? Oh, yes, for sure. I think that even if we feel that we're lost, we can still find a lot of strength within ourselves, in our in our core, by connecting with it. And maybe something inside us is helping us reach out for help. And it's comforting to ask for help. Like we can ask for help from the universe or our angels or our guides, or even between us, you know, how we how we help each other also. And, you know, I just wanted to, to kind of share an experience I had some years ago. I was in my car taking my boys to school, and there was a fog as thick as pea soup, and I could only see maybe two meters beyond the hood of my car, and I was coming to a corner, and suddenly I saw these sparkles that came out of nowhere. They were bright, and they kept moving around and shining, and something told me to come to a complete stop, and it was good I did, because there was another car coming around the corner as well from the other side, also very slowly, and, and we managed to maneuver around each other in a safe way, and nothing happened. But, you know, I did feel that somebody was watching out for us, and it, it was it was very comforting, for sure. Gosh, that, that experience was just amazing, Marianne. Um, and exactly, it is yeah. comforting to have that guidance and feel that presence around you. I can mm-hmm. um, I can only imagine how you know if you if you think about the sailors and how they must have felt see, seeing Saint Michael there as a guide warning them that their boats were about to hit a rock. I mean that could have been damaging to their ships, or they could have you know they could have hurt themselves or died um, or lost all of their their fish. Um, but you know they must have felt really protected and cared for and just really sheltered at that moment. Yes, yeah, that's amazing. Um, and, you know, I found something else uh, really interesting about Archangel Michael uh, apparitions, that they have supposedly been seen on different mounts in Europe, and these mounts are all located on a on a ley line or energy line, which is named after St. Michael. And the mount points on this particular ley line are seen as uh, particularly powerful in terms of energy. And ley lines run across our globe and they're often dismissed by science or by some scientists, but they're felt by many people who are sensitive to feeling energies. Mm. I'm glad you mentioned ley lines, Marianne, because, you know, that was something that I found really interesting when I did uh, the research for for St. Michael's Mount. And I also read that uh, the St. Michael ley line that runs uh, in a straight line between 
It runs in a straight line between Land's End in England's uh, southwest to Hopton in the northeast, and that the line intersects in several different places with the St. Mary's ley lines. They kind of intertwine. And that there are several different churches and sacred sites along that ley, and most of which are actually dedicated to St. Michael. Uh, there's the Boroughbridge Month, and which is also called St. Michael's Borough. Uh, I hope I said that right. Or the Glastonbury Tour, and of course St. Michael's Mount, which are which is also a sister site to the Mont Saint Michel in France. And if that isn't coincidence enough, get this one. I read that if you draw a line between St. Michael's Mount and Mont Saint Michel you get another St. Michael ley line, which follows the southeast to La Sacra di San Michael in Piemonte and the Delphi in Greece and Mount Carmel in Israel. And then if you go and turn around and go in the opposite direction, it leads to the Irish island of Skellig Michael. It's so interesting, and there's just so much more to read about it. Yeah. Wow, um, yeah, super interesting. I'm definitely gonna gonna read up more on, on the ley lines. <laughs> it's amazing once you once you get into this uh, kind of research. But um, there's also supposedly I read um, a ley line going through at least three ancient um, Danish Viking forts or, or forts, and the ley line continues down through Europe with other important ancient buildings on it as well. And in fact, ending up in Delphi in Greece, uh, so maybe it's the same one actually. And and although some say that this one ends in the Tower of Winds in Athens, um, and uh, in fact, I read that there is a Saint Michael's ley line of of Denmark. It's called that. Uh, it's going through churches and castles and and Viking forts. So um, yeah, but. Um, it's definitely, if, if somebody out there is interested in ley lines, there's so much to read, and it's really interesting to see how many important points are, or buildings have, have been placed on, on these ley lines. And um, But um, another thing I've become fascinated with is uh, adventure movies like Lord of the Rings, and I love the idea of the elves, for example, with their gentle but, but strong superpowers, um, just to, or Gandalf, for example, the, the great wizard. Oh. You know, I should try watching those movies again. I don't know. I can never get through it because the makeup really freaks me out. And I and I think that I've only seen The Hobbit, and I don't think I've even seen that all the way through. But you're right. Those yeah. <laughs> those movies yeah. are adventurous, and and I know mm. it's magical, and that's what people are fascinated by. Um, you know, which is why the other location that we found fascinating and surrounded by magic and mystery is the uh, Merlin's Cave or the Tintagel Caves. And just by virtually visiting this location, it stirs up all the excitement of the Arthurian legend and the legends of Merlin and his magic. And just like being on um, St. Michael's Mount, I imagine being in this location, it would feel like stepping into a fantasy or a fairy tale. And, of course, you know, the legend of King Arthur is surrounding you as well. So, actually, um, I read a book about Merlin um, a few, like a year, a year or two ago, and it's about his life growing up in the castle and discovering his uh, psychic abilities and how he had a, a mentor teacher who lived in the cave who taught him and taught him all about all the things that he knows. Um, 
And I just, uh, I just want to say that this, this idea is always inspiring to me to hear that even though those people who we consider to be like the greatest or the most seasoned at their work also started out like from zero and from the basics. And especially for young, you know, for the young folks out there, I think it's comforting for them to hear stories like this as a reminder that it often takes a few falls sometimes to get where you're meant to be. And I mean, gosh, it's, it's good for all of us to hear that, no matter what age, really. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and anyway. It's, uh, it, it's, mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> no, you, you go on. No, I was just, just going to say, you know, I don't want to digress too much on the topic, but it's just really fascinating, um, the book that I was mentioning earlier. It's called um, The Crystal mm-hmm. Cave by Mary Stewart. And it's like a four-part it's a four-part uh, saga that starts with the story of Merlin, and it continues into the King Arthur story. And there are some other uh, good books up, out there about Merlin as well. Um, there's one by I think his name is Baron called um, Merlin: um, The Lost Years, and I think they even made a movie about it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't seen that either. Um, but I think you're, you're definitely right. I mean, it's it's uh, about how it can help you know young people to 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 know that you know you don't start out as a, as a as a millionaire with everything and and you know everything you know it it's the whole life is a process and everybody starts from from scratch i mean we come i believe that we come here with certain abilities and we can develop them or or not um as we as we like you know but uh, but in any case we we have to to learn how to to go about everything in in the world here and, and it starts from from scratch and um it's it's just a good comforting to to know that that you can do something with with your abilities you know and um but i i read also that the the local legends told that uh, merlin's cave in in cornwall is where merlin supposedly hid the newborn king arthur to protect him from enemies that were attacking the castle tintagel castle and I've also read that the newborn king was saved from the waves by Merlin and then taken to the cave. And the Cornwall area itself is full of legends about King Arthur and Merlin. But um, I read that Wales also has many legends of King Arthur and Merlin. And the first reference to, references to King Arthur were written in the language from which um, Welsh descends, actually. Gosh, that's really fascinating. Uh, you know, I uh, what was it that that first Disney that Disney show that was the first one that introduced me to Merlin when I was a kid. It was called um, The Sword in the Stone. <laughs> I used to love that movie, yeah. and I would watch it on repeat. And um, you know, maybe kids these days they wouldn't like it because of the graphics and they're not cool enough. But um, but you know, not to change the subject, but <laughs> I found this guided tour, Marianne, that I think you would really like, and. It's a spiritual tour that you can go on in England, um, and one of the stops is actually in Tintagel, and if the tide is low enough, they visit the cave, and you get to spend the morning there and do a meditation in the cave, and then you get to have like a picnic lunch outside in the gardens. It just sounds awesome, and, um, you know, it would be amazing, but, you know, I always have this image of going to these places as if it's in the tour books with uh, no one else there in sight, and it's all peaceful and quiet. But you know, as much as that meditation in the cave sounds amazing, in reality, it's probably full of tourists pushing and shoving their way all around the place. (laughs) So I can only, I just can't imagine really meditating like that, or I don't know. Maybe that's the point, is 
to find the peace in the chaos. What do you think? Well, <laughs> well, you have a point there. I wouldn't want to pay for a meditation type, you know, type either. That that would end up stressing me out. But and I have no idea if that would be the case in in Merlin's cave. You know, it it really sounds like special to sit there and, and meditate. I sure would would love to 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 research it more. <laughs> Um, but your other point about being able to find inner peace in the in the chaos is also very valuable to to bring up. And so I think this is what we're striving for, and also being able to reflect our own inner peace outwards, in order to balance and harmonize the the outside, and how we're able to project outwards the peace that we have inside. And I think it also greatly matters what kind of chaos it, it it's around us. You know, some want it completely quiet when they meditate, and Others like a bit of soft music, and some like darkness, some like it when the candle is lit, and, and so on. But, but yeah, if you get a room full of people with different objectives and reasons for being there, I think I'd, I'd rather go somewhere else, too. <laughs> but uh, not, not to say that Merlin's Cave is like that, you know. But <laughs> It's funny you say that, because um, I used to be able to meditate where it was all quiet and just, like, no sound at all. And then, and I and I hated the guided meditations because they distracted me. But now I seem to be able to to go with the guided meditations. I really enjoy them now. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, I, I I did do a fantastic one. Um, like kind of, I thought, okay, I'm just going to close my eyes now and, and meditate. And I did that um, last year. So I visited Roslyn Chapel near Edinburgh, which is another place, by the way, encircled by or on very powerful ley lines. We talked about those before. Um, and I also read that Roslyn Chapel is connected with the Michael, St. Michael ley line. But, you know, even though the chapel was relatively full of people when I was there last year, um, I just sat down on one of the stone benches and I closed my eyes and I held some crystals, which I like to do when I meditate also. And I had a very powerful transmission almost or meditation experience and it was amazing i think you know the, the place that you're at also invites to awe and, and wonder so so maybe the whole place was very inviting to do meditation and everybody in it was in that state of awe and, and respect you know so it, it was possible to do it <laughs> mm. yeah that's really that's I, I love that and i you know i think about it like um if I'd gone to Stonehenge, which I've never been, but that's one place that I would love to go to, um, and just get a moment to just sit there and maybe do a meditation or feel the energy. <laughs> but then I can mm-hmm. just imagine my trip with my family. It would be like my teen would be fussy about walking, and my six-year-old would want, like, snacks or the bathroom. <laughs> I could just see it now. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to get off topic again, but, <laughs> you know, I have a story, actually, that I want to share <laughs> because this kind of thing actually happened to us. We went to um, Mont Saint-Michel in France, and first of all, don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful place, really gorgeous and dreamy and picturesque, and I've been there twice, and I'd love to go again. But if you, if you go, just be prepared, because both the times that I went, it was so packed with tourists, it was absolutely insane. And, mm. <laughs> you know, like the cute cobblestone <laughs> passageways you see in, like, the, the brochures, they were, like, yeah. jam-packed. We, we felt like little sardines <laughs> in little tin cans, and we couldn't move and walk except, like, little baby steps. Um, mm. And when we got to our bus to go home, the people around us were, like, they were all tired and fed up, so they were pushing and shoving us to be the first ones to get on the bus. And my little oh, no. boy, who was about... He was about 10 months at the time. 
he started screaming and crying his head off. And to make, <laughs> to make matters worse, it was starting to, like, pour down rain on us. So it was oh, no. just, like, this oh, no. beautiful sight with all this yeah. like spiritual energy and mystery was completely overshadowed by our like humanness in the end so yeah i don't yeah. know oh what a shame but i guess that's, <laughs> even though it's a, i guess a beautiful yeah i guess place, it's part of life mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's it's a beautiful place but then and you know we can't walk around like we're in little bubbles all the time and and life is about no. finding balance isn't it so it's in yeah fact, it's we actually find the balance no matter what 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 is going mm-hmm. on sorry <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and you know we actually took a picture before um that like figurative and literal storm that happened and it's actually one of my my favorite family photos to this day and i can laugh at it yeah. and i think about the story behind it but i can laugh at it now so <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course yeah <laughs> Well, you know, Sony is, is is also on my list to to revisit. I was there with my family when I was about 11, and that was at a time I'm pretty sure where visitors were allowed to walk around between the megaliths, the the stones, and I have a few images burnt onto my inner vision, and and maybe I felt something there. But I would love to go back and feel the energies there now after so many years of having actually worked with energies. You know, take a note of the symbolism of your experiences when you visit certain places can be really interesting and uh, it can help you on your spiritual journey as well mm-hmm. very true well said and you know isn't that what it's all about it's about the journey right so i mean i love that even if we're not able to travel in person these days you know to to places that we can travel virtually on google <laughs> and yes. and safari <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, you know, we're so fortunate to live in a time nowadays where information is so easily available to us and, and our kids are, are just really lucky in that sense. Um, yes, I mean, we have so, you know, Google and the Internet. We can just research everything, every place we want to go, you know. We can just do the research like we're doing um, with these places and just go off, you know, on tangents if you find, oh, now the ley lines are interesting or, you know, something else. And it's, you can just find the information and keep going and just reading, you know, if, if you like information <laughs> as much as we do. Exactly. And I just keep yeah. adding more and more places to my, my like, list of, like, when, when I'm retired, I'm going here, 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 and there. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, that so. pocket list, it keeps growing. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, we're nearly out of time, everyone, but I just wanted to kind of round up what we've said about uh, these two fascinating locations in England by saying that, um, you know, when looking at stories and legends of St. Michael's Mount and Merlin's Cave, go ahead and invite the child inside of you to come along. You know, take, take their hand and journey with them and embrace the mystery. And, you know, as you said, Marianne, go ahead and pick up a fairy tale tonight and just feel the magic. Mm, exactly, Brian. What a great message to um, to leave everybody with. And um, so, uh, I, with that, we'd uh, like to thank everybody for staying with us tonight. We hope you enjoyed it. Our trip to England and uh, other stories as well. And we'll leave you with our roomy quote: "The inspiration you seek is already within you." So, good night, everyone, and thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Good night. <laughs>